0: I highly suggest expertise over experience because you'll have a better experience by getting and gaining expertise.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Short Story Long. We got another good episode this week and it is with my friend, David Meltzer. David is my fellow Akron, Ohio uh, native. Grew up very, very close to where I grew up. And so obviously we have a lot in common and had a lot of shared sort of topics and uh, relatable things both growing up in Ohio. And, you know, David at a young age moved out to San Diego and he promised himself, one of six kids, he promised himself that he was going to get rich. And he didn't want to get rich for, you know, surface level reasons or the obvious reasons. He wanted to get rich because he noticed that his strong single mother only got truly upset about one thing and that was a lack of money and so he learned at a very young age that if he could just somehow get rich he could cure all of those problems and that was his goal and he did that and not only did he do that but he also went through a period where he lost everything and filed for bankruptcy and really had to question who he was and what was motivating him and he found that out Through that process, he found that out. He found an entirely new energy for life and for business and for success. And he continued on and succeeded again and and built up an empire all over again. Um, He's an insanely good storyteller and also someone with a lot of advice. And it's the type of advice that only comes from going through it multiple times. And I knew this episode would be good. But when we really sat down and went through it, I was really, really surprised at just how good it was. And how good of a storyteller Dave is. And, and how, like I said, how, how just good and meaningful his his advice was. And it's not your average get out there and hustle and grind advice. So I think you guys are going to love this episode. I think you're going to find a lot of stuff that you, know, you take with you and write down and use. Because I know I sure did. Um, hit me up on Instagram if you like this episode you know the big thing that I've been asking people to do my Instagram is just drama just at drama the big thing I've been asking people to do that has really been helping out a lot is if you screenshot your phone while you're listening to this episode and post it on your Instagram story let me know you're listening write me anything you want to write let me know if you liked it let me know what parts are your favorite anything you want post a video of you listening to the podcast whatever it is make sure you tag me I'm going through all day and watching your guys' stories and reposting everyone. Now that Instagram lets me repost stories, I'm going crazy, I'm just reposting everyone's stories. So do that, help me push this show. I can't thank you guys enough for always doing that. The show is still constantly growing and it's all because of the listeners. Um, also check me out on YouTube, youtube.com drama dramas where I post all the videos from these episodes. I post all my vlogs, all my video content goes on YouTube. Make sure you check us out on Castbox if you haven't yet. Really cool platform, doing a lot for podcasts and podcasters, and just a really—they uh, do a really good job at podcast discovery and, and highlighting uh, different pods. And they have a lot of cool features that a lot of the other platforms don't use. So make sure you check us out there. Uh, check out youngandreckless.com. We always—we use the promo code SSL for forty uh, percent off all full-priced items on youngandreckless.com. We got a lot of really cool stuff going on on there. A lot of new denim. Bundles, A uh, lot of new women's product. Go check out youngandreckless.com. Make sure you give me some feedback on that too. We've been working really hard on the product and the prices. Making things affordable and cool. It really my goal. Um, other than that, the only thing I have left is go check out Group Chat. It's the other podcast that I started about, I don't know, six months ago with my business partners. And uh, we just cover everything that's going on in the news, pop culture, business, what's just current today news and we try to give you not only hopefully a few uh, laughs but some information some real information behind what's going on the business behind things Um, you know our goal is to really kind of bring you in on a just a fun conversation about what's going on today but also give you some information that you might not have had that would be great for your next uh you know dinner conversation or chat with friends that's it group chat it's everywhere where short story long is i can't thank you guys enough you're the best audience in the world tag me in those instagram stories you're gonna love this episode let's get into it my friends First part is figuring out what you want to master. Focus on your product. Can you tell somebody that they suck?
0: You gotta just go. For, this is exactly
1: what I want to do for a living. You can't even tell somebody that their breath
0: stinks. You know what I mean? It could take your whole life, and then you find your worth. The product is number one. If it scares you, you should probably do it. Good content is good content. That is the coolest shit I have ever seen in my life.
1: All right, let's get into it, my fellow Akron brother akronites akronites man listen i we talked about this on your podcast but like i think living out in california you meet a lot of people from ohio but it's really rare to meet someone from just straight up akron right that's good yeah and
0: we're famous now because lebron yeah that, that helps best we mean, he LA put us down. on the map totally yeah. you know I what thought swenson's would but it was lebron it's very <laughs> true and i'm so glad we can share our swenson's
1: uh passion yeah exactly. that's something that few people like really understand but they will they will. And I really hope we got to figure out, maybe we should team up and figure out how to get one out here.
0: Well, you know, I we got hired to yeah. uh, cover the Lakers by Tencent in China. Yeah. So we do all the media for the Lakers. And my seat's right on the court next to the bench. So my plan is to organically mention to LeBron. I know he has his Blaze Pizza deal or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just say, hey, Drum and I like to partner with you. And yeah. Swenson's out here because they started... A VC from California bought into him. There we go. See, They're we're trying to expand. LeBron's not that busy. I mean, come on. What else is he working on? And if if not, we'll just go right to Maverick, and he'll take care. There of you it's, go. it's a small check. I like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're if uh, if there's any action there, make sure you let me know. Uh, you're in. Um, uh, so growing up in Akron, I want to start there, I guess, because like I always start early on people's stories. This one's cool because once again, I can relate head on, right? Like I've had some people from Pennsylvania and stuff like that where I'm like, oh, I'm guessing it was similar. Um, For you, what was life like growing up in Akron?
0: Yeah, you know, I was happy first of all. Uh It's a happy place. It is a happy place. You know, there's people just, they live in a different realm, but they have more than enough. And uh, I grew up with six kids and a single mom. Mm -hmm. And my mom was a teacher, so we didn't have a lot. In fact, even in Akron, which wasn't expensive, down by Fairlawn, by the Lawsons over there for those people from Ohio, You know, it wasn't the best neighborhood, and uh, so I I had a two-bedroom apartment with you know six kids and a single mom. And that is crazy. Yeah, I decided at a really young age that I really had one goal. I was happy, yeah, but I just wanted to be rich only for one reason. Yeah, it wasn't like I knew any better. It wasn't like I remember. I had a guy on my podcast talking about nine zero two one zero, and when he saw that, he saw like rich people. Mm -hmm. That wasn't my gig. It was truly. I came home one day and I caught my mom crying. I'd never seen my mom cry before. Uh-huh. I'd seen her at a really young age argue with my dad. And that's, you know, he laughed. Yep. <laughs> but I, I never saw her cry. And she was crying because the car broke down. And she didn't know how, how we were going to literally eat. you yep. know. And the money stress was the only time that I saw sadness in my house because my mom was so extraordinary. Yeah, You know, she used to pack up our dinner. She, she would teach. We had a, station, a country squire station wagon. Pack up our dinners. And she'd fill up greeting cards and turnstiles. So we would have enough money to live yeah and but we'd teach each other we'd read to each other well, i didn't read but my older brothers would read i'd just tell them i want to be rich <laughs> and, and uh but i mean literally i played outside till dark and the people in ohio though i still find to be really well grounded it's one of the most family oriented yeah cities in, in akron itself for sure i don't know if it's a, because of firestone in the rubber capital of the world yeah. and these, these kind of you know, blue collar, go to work, and there's a great work ethic. Mm -hmm. And I still find that my success, there's something internal in my energy that still is an acrodite. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. I feel the same way. Yeah.
1: I feel the same way. I think there's like part of that that you just can't shake. And there's like part of it that's so different from how things work out here, you know, that like you can't fully, you'll never fully get rid of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, What about like, so what, I mean, give me a little bit more, about what that was like having six siblings, or you were one of six. Sorry? One of six, yeah. One five, of six. So I
0: five, five boys and a girl. And
1: your mom—I mean, so was your mom hardly there? Like, did you no, guys raise so
0: each other? It's really interesting. My mom had a philosophy, mm-hmm. and I—I'm a parent of four now, so I have the same philosophy. And the philosophy is, you know, wake mm-hmm. your kids up as early as you can, mm-hmm. because my mom was—I cannot control these kids. So what she did was wake us up really early so that we couldn't get in trouble late at night Uh because we wouldn't have the energy. So 5 a.m. was the latest you could sleep in my house. And that's on weekends as well. And family was most important. So education was second. And I always joke around, but my mom's your typical Jewish mom. Mm -hmm. Stands about five feet two. And just, she talks to everyone like they're a kindergartner, (laughs) right? It loves everybody, just sweet, except for one thing. You wouldn't believe it, but she was a black belt in the martial arts, it, this little tiny woman, she's a third degree black belt in the martial art of Jewish guilt. <laughs> so that's why, like, my siblings all are parents' wet dreams. They literally went to Harvard, Penn, Columbia, summa cum laude. They never never got a B. I'm the only one of, of my brothers and one sister to uh-huh. get a B. Like, and I thought literally they were going to come have a yellow bus pick me up and take me to some other school. Yeah, and that was just because of her like <laughs> martial arts ability. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I literally, I got to be in high school, and, th- like, I literally thought I could do, like, I probably could have been arrested uh-huh. and felt more confident about coming home yeah. and telling my mom I was arrested yeah. than literally telling her that somehow I was the low end of the gene pool when I came to collect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you were the last one yeah. on the list. Like, oh, we got the straggler. <laughs> Still today, this, this
0: is true. My mom's philosophy is literally... Doctor, lawyer, or failure. Yeah, which is very common in a blue collar place because your yeah. parents want you to be a professional, right, and get out of where you are. They want yeah. better for you. Yeah, and yeah. And, and that's w-
1: the guaranteed way.
0: Yeah, although don't you find it weird? I have close friends. I just got off the phone with one of them. I made a bet. The Browns are playing the Chargers. Yep. I, I bet him that if the Browns win, me and my eight year old will go to his eight year old's birthday in, in Ohio. Yeah, and if the Chargers win, him and his eight year old have to come out to California. That's a good one he's gonna get the better side of the bet no matter yep. what yes he is but, <laughs> but we're used to that but i have this friend they don't want to leave yeah like you got two kinds of people guys like us yeah. want bigger better brighter yeah and people there just they love it there and it's like we're crazy out here yeah do you ever wish you were the other type no like i don't it wasn't born in me man yeah, yeah. there's not like I, that's one thing i wanted to be rich and i wanted to leave yeah like, I, I don't even know. Like, I love my mom. I love, and when, I think my mom did too. She moved us out, you know, all of us when I was 10. Moved you out to where? San Diego. Got it. Yeah. And
1: that was for a better opportunity or what?
0: No, her sister had gotten married and moved to uh, to San Diego, Got and her it. brother was already there. So, with her little, I remember her saying, Well, if I'm going to be this poor with all these kids, I might as well live in San Diego. Yeah. Right? Because we, literally, because they can play outside all the time yeah and i have this tiny little place i'd rather have a tiny place in a huge street in parks that you play all year for sure and Dude, best what, best thing she ever did for me what was that like for you were you like oh my god we hit the lottery oh here's the interesting thing for me i, and I i'll never forget this because mm-hmm. I, I don't remember until i was in my 20s so my dad left mm-hmm. and my dad did a horrible thing to at me. what age sorry did you 10. Cry? okay so but the same year my dad forgot my birthday uh, I wasn't close to my dad. I talked to him on the phone, yep. but I was still really, like, I felt connected to him. I, I, I Like, my dad was my hero, yeah. and then he was my zero yep. in my teenage years. I hated him, yeah. but he forgot my birthday, and then he felt so bad as an older man, I see this, he projected it onto me and said, I don't forget your birthday. I just don't believe in birthdays. So what he did was punish me yeah. for the rest of my life until I was 30 when and we'll get to that story if you remind me so yeah. I'll hold that as a cliffhanger yeah. uh but I remember back 10 years old uh I didn't want to leave yeah. I wanted to stay with my dad and I went and I and I went to the court my mom because my dad made a big deal of it yeah. and I chickened out to the judge and I told him my dad was lying that I never said it and that he was right yeah 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 and, and I just remember this but even worse I've never seen my dad cry yeah my dad he, i've never seen I, I cry i'll cry during this podcast yeah. i promise yeah, yeah yeah but he literally uh, I, when i was twenty-some years old and i was re- reuniting with my father and my emotions and dealing with understanding my father yeah i had this epiphany of leaving ohio at 10 years old and looking back and as I told you looking back and it was the first time i ever saw my dad cry oh. but I, it, it wasn't with me till i was 26 because the whole other time i never i was always searching for like does my dad even care about me? Yeah. Right. And yeah. when I when I think of that as a father now, like how hard must that have been? Yeah. For him. Yeah. For his kids all to go to to California. Yeah. And uh, so I I, I I I remember distinctly. I was excited, but I was scared to death. Scared to death.
1: <laughs> and how long did it take you to not be scared anymore? Like, did that last for a while? Because I remember I'll say because we can relate. Yeah. I. Please. I'll say when I moved here, it took, I can confidently say two years, because I essentially moved here right after Christmas. So I I can tell my anniversaries of living here because it's when I go home for Christmas, right? So I remember it was two Christmases until I felt like I was leaving home to go visit Ohio, as opposed to leaving LA to go visit home. Um, How long did it take you to?
0: For me, it was one full year. Mm -hmm. I, I left on May 22nd, 1978, and uh, I remember distinctly because I had to miss All-Stars for baseball. Yep. Yep. It was the first year I made All-Stars, which is part of the reason I wanted to stay. Yeah. But what's interesting, the first person that I met, that I met was this really hot 10-year-old girl nice. that came skateboarding by <laughs> uh-huh. that, that through a variety of things, I ended up marrying. Uh, That's it. my wife today.
1: That was the first person you met in California. She had to
0: live right down the street, skateboarded by. That's and so I California. I too. literally sat, out, jumped on my skateboard. Now, in the interim, in sixth grade camp, I asked her to go study with me through a friend. Yeah, she said no. Tell him to ask me himself. So I threw an egg at her. I threw rocks at her. I told her she was ugly. Yeah, why are friends so much prettier than her? Yeah, you're so And yeah, so it take. took me so many years, literally, till in my late twenties, yeah. until I could get her. Uh, I, I actually, I always say fate, but her mom. From above, her mom had passed. I think she pushed me into her in Mexico yeah. in a crowded bar, in a resort. And I, it was love at second sight again. Well, love at first sight for her. Yeah. <laughs> second sight. Yeah, there me. you go. That's the right way to tell <laughs> yeah, the story. Me. I
1: just love the idea of like landing in California and like it's like a movie scene. Like, and then all of a sudden this beautiful girl skateboards by and you're like, <laughs> where are I just? We're in paradise. <laughs> exactly. That's my wife. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And my
0: best friend was mean, so it took me a little bit of a while, but I, you know, this guy... he's he's, my wife and the two first people I met saved my life when I got older when I was on the wrong road you know doing the wrong things another cliffhanger for for the I love this you're good at these cliffhangers (laughs) yeah not bad Um, stay tuned stay tuned later
1: (laughs) on chapter five yeah um so then let's just jump am I missing anything big from Ohio any big defining moments or anything like that
0: only that you know for for me I just distinctly remember my siblings were so academic yeah and i wanted to be a professional football player from the time i was five years old i had a nerf ball i named frankie Mm -hmm. i slept with that thing you know my my dad thought i had an imaginary friend because i'd talk about i needed frankie Yep. and it was literally my nerf ball uh and so that that to me was the way i was going to be rich which later on when i went and played college football you know really kind of I think created conflict with me and my mom because I didn't go the path of my siblings, which was this obvious doctor, lawyer, or failure path. That's interesting. Why do you think, I mean,
1: why do you think you were different in that aspect? Because it's hard. When you have five siblings all doing
0: one thing, going the other way, do you think that it was like... Middle child. Yeah. I was a middle child. So how could I stand out? I I had, you know, my older siblings were already, you know, established musicians, you know, the nerds but that's what they were <laughs> yeah and here i was what was i going to do differently and i also i believe that you're born with certain passions yep like you love skateboarding for and, sure right i just i love football and i and it is throughout my life i just had to surround myself including you know warren moon's my business partner yeah. today my favorite client i work for the number one football agency in the world as a ceo you know lee steinberg yeah i'm just and i played college football it's just part of my love yep So good. So in
1: high school and uh, even which is funny because
0: football was born where we were born. Yeah, I can't know how. Can Oh, Yeah, now you're
1: heavily involved in like the Hall of Fame, the
0: Pro Football Hall of Fame. Oh man! Isn't that weird that football was born there, but I was born with it in me too. Yeah, you're right. Kind of cool. And you probably
1: ended up in a better place than being like just a beat up. Old football player, yeah. <laughs> you know, and just I can't imagine say, your older I get days and you're like, man. Let me tell you about the glory days.
0: Yeah, and well, just flying. Like flying is my revenge on all the years people are like, you're too small to play. Yeah, because I and I get to travel with great athletes, and I laugh because yeah. even in first class, if we get to fly first class, yeah, they're squish. Yeah, and I'm like, ah. I'll see you when we get there, I'll fall asleep. That's true. You got like They use. wish they were small, yeah. these tiny little midget legs. You ended up in a good spot. <laughs> exactly. Darn it. I got 40 more years to fly comfortably. That's so good. <laughs> um,
1: so then in, in middle school and coming up as a kid, did you start to excel in sports? You were I, good did.
0: At it? I did. I uh, did for one reason, which goes back to Ohio. So I could run scared faster than anyone I knew angry. And I had this tiny little apartment and I talked a lot of crap. Yeah. Right? And so my older brothers would chase me around. I learned to juke and jive. So when I got out onto a football field, yeah. it seemed huge to me <laughs> yeah. compared to my apartment you know, where I have to dodge. Too, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> now, even though my brothers weren't as fast or as tough, but the, just the space limitation made me a great punt returner, a, a good running back. Yeah. And uh, I used that skill throughout pop warner high school and even college to to be a decent player yeah when you surround yourself with the best players in the world i have to be very careful because i love high school guys will tell me how great they were Mm -hmm. and i'm like you know uh steve young warren moon these guys are at a different level yeah like even than the pros yeah and they'll acknowledge it yep yeah
1: it's so good and is that too where you think you got like you got that goal of standing out a little bit and creating your own identity was was as you started to excel at stuff like that
0: yeah you know that's interesting I, I love the attention yeah you know I really love to stand out and and it pushed me uh, like you like I just I didn't have quit in me yeah and I had no failure in me yeah uh, and I wanted to prove that, that I could do things a different way because that whole doctor lawyer failure thing yeah. stuck with me and I, I fell back into it. And at the very last minute i exited it yeah. so you know from college I, my first game in college i know you know you and i love the long story shorts yeah, yeah dude, <laughs> right? here for, short yeah. story long i want all of them this is good so i so i end up you know doing well in sports baseball football i actually pole vaulted too wow. which is a speed sport. pole vaulting
1: what the hell i know well
0: because <laughs> my baseball team in high school was so good i wasn't playing my junior year yeah and so i saw God, let me try this exactly thing and i was really good and so I ended good. up doing it in college as well because my baseball team ended up being so sh- I swear yeah, right, shitty. Yep. I, I, literally, my high school team would kill my college team. Uh-huh. I ended up pole vaulting in college and doing really well. Um, but I played my first game. They put me as a bullet on the kickoff team. That's the fastest kid that runs down to tackle the returner. Got it. I fly down there. I'm so just adrenaline flying. And I slam right into the running back. And literally, I hit his thighs. He threw me back onto my back and ran me over, like literally stepped on me. (laughs) And at that moment I'm like, whoa, I think my mom may be right. (laughs) I can't be, like, and later I found out that was Christian Okoye, mm-hmm. who was the AFC player of the year the next year. Wow. The Nigerian nightmare was his name. <laughs> yeah. And I still have Nigerian nightmares. <laughs> yeah, so, I bet. People ask me why I do so much in the charitable aspect in Africa. I'm yeah. like, I'm just paying penance back <laughs> just for just him apologize. never to touch me again. Please, <laughs> Please leave least, me alone. Exactly. Leave me alone. Don't run me over. Please <laughs> so make sure Christian knows I gave this. <laughs> for real. You felt like in that moment,
1: you were like, oh,
0: shit. Yeah. 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 Oh, I was convinced till that play that it was a matter of hard work and commitment until I could be like a Darren Sproles or even though I was in a smaller college, I I just felt, well, the the senior, my freshman year, ended up going to the Raiders. Yeah. So I felt it was possible. Yeah. But... Oh my gosh! You know, when I saw that, I said, "That's a different game." It's like watching Tiger Woods play golf when he hits a golf ball. Yeah. You're like, "Oh, maybe I'm not playing the same sport." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's awesome.
1: So then, what? Like, how did you start to like? What was the transition like? Of so, you know, because it's hard. Question. This is another big thing that I'm big on, and you probably can relate to a lot. Is like, I feel I don't want to say bad for, but I think uh, an issue that I see a lot are people that dedicate themselves to one dream and Great. it happens a lot with athletes it happens a lot even from where i come from with skateboarders because skateboarders don't make like lifetime retirement money so you spend your whole life so dedicated to this sport to this one thing and you don't plan for what's next and it's just like you don't even know how to transition to what's next because your whole life was football or your whole life was skateboarding yeah. and so how did you make that transition i'm guessing you
0: see that a lot yeah so here's the issue and, and ray anderson who's the athletic director at asu mm-hmm. taught me this don't limit your point of entry, Mm -hmm. right? The the thing is, your dream and your passion can be skateboarding, but if all you wanna do is be a skateboarder, like actually a professional skateboarder, you're limiting your point of entry. Right. There's so many different things you can do with your passion Mm -hmm. beyond beyond just jumping on a board and making you can always jump on a board. I can always play flag football still today at 50. Yeah, I can coach it. I could. But the truth is, it's still my passion. I just monetize it in a different way. So I encourage people don't limit your point of entry, because even as a sports agent was which was my next venture that I. Didn't limit my point of entry, and I ended up being the CEO of the most notable sports agency in the world. Yeah. And this weird trek, which we'll go through, yeah, because my next step after getting running over was after that season, going to my older brother who's doing his residency at UCLA uh-huh. in the hospital because I wanted to be a doctor. How could why? Because you just my look, mom, saw my injury, mom.
1: that you just like, Not, I know mom. what it feels like to be injured. <laughs> no, no,
0: no. I want to fix that. No, I went down my mom's line, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. So, first, I was humbled by it, and you know what. Maybe my mom knows best. Yeah. So I better. I, I'm a good student, and I, I better just fall in line with my siblings. And I got scared. But here's what the coolest thing: what my oldest brother did for me. I went over and I looked around, and he saw in my face this wasn't for me. And he's like, "What's the matter?" I'm like, "I hate hospitals." Yeah. And he's like, "Dave, you're pre-med. You can't be a doctor without being in a hospital." I'm like, "What are you talking about? I'm gonna be a sports doctor. I'm gonna yeah. be on the sidelines." Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna be in a hospital. He goes. Great piece of advice, changed my life. David, be more interested than interesting, mm-hmm. right? And I, and I started to think about that, like, wow, I don't know anything about being a doctor. And the reason I say that is so many kids come up to me and say, Mr. Meltzer, I wanna be a sports agent. And I think to myself, you're 18 years old, just like I was, yeah. what do you know about being a sports agent? Yeah. Have you been more interested than interesting? And I see so many people in life, they, they think they know what the what, yeah. And they really haven't even figured that out, let alone the why, even to get to the how. Yep, yeah. it's so true.
1: Yeah, I just think that like I've seen so many young people, um, like you just, and I don't know. We're taught like dream big. What do you want to be when you grow up? Dream, dream, dream. And it's like there's part of that that's good, but I feel like there's a lot of people that are so dead set on what they're going to be. Like you said, they don't even quite understand what that even means, like how what <laughs> really it takes to become that and then they don't have any way to adjust or change course or whatever and they end up running it into the ground and then having to completely change careers or paths and then they end up you know being miserable doing that and hopefully they can dig out of that if possible but if not you just feel like oh i got robbed this is a sham and it's just like it doesn't need to be that heartbreaking
0: yeah you know well think about it in a spiritual sense Mm -hmm. if you have a limited point of entry Mm -hmm. you're gonna have a limited point of exit yeah so you end up in a cubby hole working 9 to 5 yeah right a lot of times mm-hmm. and you're also limiting your chances and for whatever reason maybe cuz we grew up in Akron and there was so many things in Ohio itself of the the big dreamers and you know the John Glenns and the Jack Nicklases and yeah. all the great history that we have in Ohio and yeah. just the energy of Ohio was more on that that creative side that I just, I've never limited my point of entry. And immediately when like the doctor thing didn't work, I'm like, okay, lawyer, once again, but I went sports lawyer. Yeah. Which which is still a a big point of entry. It wasn't like I'm gonna be a sports agent. It was like a sports lawyer. And back then they didn't really have agentry as much. Yeah, yeah. You know, Jerry Maguire hadn't come out yet. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, and here I was graduating and I got two job offers to prove it. One, to be an oil and gas litigator and make a ton of money so I could buy my mom a house and a car. That's all I wanted to do. Yeah. The other was in the early 90s, pre, pre-internet, yeah. was to sell legal research as a lawyer online uh, to, to lawyers. So selling legal research online. And I went to my mom, You know, the only person, and this is a great piece of advice, I went to my mom and said, what should I do? And she looked me in an instant and said, you need to be a real lawyer because this internet thing it's a fad. Yeah. And yeah, there was a lot of that
1: advice going around in the 90s. It's
0: still going around about social media True. and other things, right? True. And all these other things that I see like blockchain and and some other things yeah. that I think are going to be well equip, equipped for the future to monetize your dreams. Yeah. And I tried to monetize my dreams and I felt, you know what, this internet thing, I had an awareness about it. I said it's going to connect people. Yeah. And although it's slow and it's .edu at the time. Yeah. Uh, within nine months, I was a millionaire for really? making that one decision. Now, here's the lesson I learned. Please, yeah. Change my life. Just because somebody loves you, and I'm telling you, my mom loves me too much. Yeah. But just because someone loves you doesn't mean they give you good advice. And we go to people for advice all the time when they have no knowledge of what we're talking about yeah. because they love us, care about us, work with us, and unfortunately, we end up resenting the people closest to us yeah. because they give us bad advice. Yeah. I would have resented my mom if I didn't get into the internet boom. Yep. And what she get as a benefit, in nine months she got a house and a car. <laughs> leading this to is, my next lesson. This is what
1: you get for
0: <laughs> bad advice, mom. Exactly, leading <laughs> to my next thing, money yeah. doesn't buy love, Yeah. just yeah. rents the shit out Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I became the favorite kid. You did, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, for Finally. sure. Finally. Oh yeah.
1: Guys, I want to take one quick second to talk about my sponsor for this episode. This episode's sponsor is Careof. Careof is a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. Careof has a fun online quiz that you sign up, you go on there to sign up. It asks you about your diet, health goals, and lifestyle choices, and it takes about five minutes to find out what vitamins and supplements are specifically right for you and your needs. Uh, then your vitamins get delivered right to your door in a personalized, easy to remember group of daily packs. Uh, perfect for your busy, busy on the go lifestyle. I know everyone that listens to this pod just like me has a lot going on. It's hard to get this vitamin thing taken care of. Care of has got you handled. Uh, they also have vegan and vegetarian supplement options just in case you have some dietary restrictions, dietary needs. Okay. Okay. The quiz is good. You wonder what I noticed? I went on there. I thought, oh, a quiz. Uh, This can't be fun. It was fun. And it was super easy. And it's just cool to, you know, vitamins are a really hard thing to figure out. I've had a hard time with it for a long time, making sure that I'm getting the right vitamins and worrying that I'm not. And once you take this little quiz, it really makes you, you know, understand that there are specific things, specific needs. I personally am trying to just make sure I have the most clear head with doing all these podcasts and interviews and all this stuff that I'm doing, it's important to me to have a clear brain. And I notice that when I'm eating right and when I'm on the right vitamins, I have that. And Care of helped me take care of that really easily. So for 25% off your first month of personalized Care of vitamins, visit takecareof.com, T-A-K-E-C-A-R-E-O-F.com and enter the promo code DRAMA. That's it. 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. Visit Take Care Of and enter drama. Thank you, guys. Let's get back to the pod. Okay, let me ask you this. So if you're listening to that and you're like, man, you're right and blah, 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 do you, do you, is the advice to worry about asking people who have knowledge about the topic not are you better off asking someone who has knowledge who doesn't give a shit about you than someone who loves you and doesn't have knowledge?
0: For sure. Yeah, I, I'm an expertise over experience thing. I don't understand people. I do it myself. Yeah, I, I don't get it at yeah. all. You still are doing it yourself. You've just accelerated what you're doing by getting the dummy text. Here's why I appreciate the advice of people that have situational knowledge over people who care about me. Yeah. is They're going to tell me what they did and I'm picking them out and I'm giving them the biggest gift Biggest compliment that you can and people they, they're all I'm sorry, Dave, but can I ask you for help? Yeah. When people say that to me, oh, my yeah. heart sings. Oh, no, it's awesome. I'm like, this guy really he respects what I what yeah. I've done yeah. or what I know. Yeah. What a great compliment. And and meanwhile, everyone's expecting you to say I don't have time. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm barfing all my help all over them because yeah. I want to prove to them how much I know. That's right? true, how many people man. I know. I
1: never thought about that because I always told people, like, ask people for help, they'll give you help. Like people like to share, people like to whatever, but I just didn't think about the fact that it is a massive compliment by just asking people for Mm -hmm. guidance because you respect their opinion or or what they've accomplished right
0: and so i highly suggest expertise over experience because you'll have a better experience by getting and gaining expertise
1: yeah yeah stop going to the people that love you yeah unless they happen to be experts
0: exactly and you still have to beware even if you have an expert in your family that loves you yeah they're always going to have a different take on it because they're going to want your well-being
1: that's what's so dangerous right people that love you i almost feel like are like it's really dangerous to get advice from people that love you because yeah. they'll say it's the other person's fault you did everything right this is blah 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 that's they want to protect you yeah
0: they want to protect you they're not going to be honest and sometimes that protection ends up being our biggest nemesis Yep.
1: very true um okay so just like a quick how did you
0: what were you doing you were selling legal research online westlaw so and it was a website it was all the books you see on the legal commercials with the keys on them, yeah. in the early 90s, they said, you know what, we have this bank of NCR computers from Ohio yep. <laughs> in a mountain, and we're gonna put, instead of printing off of these, we're gonna put them online, yep. at .edu. Yeah. And we'll have a bullion language search engine that said slip slash S fall quotes grocery store, and that means slip in the same sentence as fall in the same paragraph as grocery store. Yeah. And that bullion search will pull up all the cases on slip and fall in grocery store in whatever database you choose. It was the first Google. In fact, one of my favorite stories about being a dreamer, yeah. you'll get this because this is the way your mind works, it must be Ohio thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I went to Dwight Opperman, who was the owner of West Publishing, uh-huh. who sold in 1995, my third year of, of, of working, sold for $3.4 billion and owned 70% privately of the company. Not bad. Not bad, when a billion was a lot. <laughs> yeah. But I went to him and he had, you know, the first natural language search coming out. Yeah. You could just say slip and fall case in a grocery store in yeah. a sentence, they yeah. would find them. So I went in and I said, Dwight, I was this top sales guy making millions, right? Uh-huh. And I said, Dwight, I got a great idea. Why don't we go to every like real estate company, insurance company, the medical book companies? Because we were a law book company. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we go to all those same companies in the industry and license your search engine yeah. so they can do the same thing? Because they're printing from NCR servers too. Yeah. And he, i never forget, Dave, this company is 111 years old. It was founded by John and Horatio West in Minnesota this company is worth a lot of money for a reason. We stay focused on exactly what we do, yeah. legal research, right? And out of everything, is, yep. he, he took his 3.4 billion, but I remember Vance Opperman, his son, telling me later on, because we became friends, yeah. and he said, I'll tell you what, my dad did mention to me that the, the one that he thought got away was this young sales guy named Dave Meltzer, With the idea told him that Google. he could be Google. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he would have been so far ahead, back then it was Netscape. Yeah." Right, yeah. I'm like you're going to be so far ahead of Netscape. He yeah. didn't even know what Netscape really was. Oh, right, he was seventy so something. <laughs> what a good like, damn, that's good. <laughs> pretty funny, yeah. Right?
1: Like you, you pretty much invented Google. No, no, I yeah, know no, no, you no. did He
0: invented that stuff. It's I was on just on applying record. it. Not a chance. We'll use my, my whole life. <laughs> life. I was like early on shit. Like yeah. so, I ended up going in the Silicon Valley. Yeah, I was early in the wireless proxy service space. This is one of my favorite things. So. I, we get bought out, Thomson Reuters bought us out, huge company. Mm-hmm. Lord Thompson takes me out to dinner because I'm the youngest executive, because all the old guys, they retired with a ton of stock. I had like what I call kitty stock, yeah. enough to buy a house in Monarch Beach, yep, yep. which is still not complaining at 25, right? Yeah, not yeah, complaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, he uh, takes me to dinner and says, what's it gonna take, Dave? Uh, to get you to stay on at thompson reuters because the internet boom starts happening he knew i had a lot of internet experience yeah and i learned to brand myself that way not as a lawyer yeah and so i said well um make me a duke <laughs> and i kept a straight face <laughs> duke i'm like yeah you're lord thompson yeah right thompson Reuters. yeah i'm gonna make me a duke and he sat there and I'm like, just kidding. <laughs> I go, the money will do, be enough. and um, I was going to be so hyped if somehow you were Duke you know, David. Would that be Melcher? awesome? Yeah. I am Sir David Meltzer, but my wife doesn't let me say that I've been knighted. Really? Yeah, I really have. It oh, his, man, that's gonna be your intro.
1: I present <laughs> Sir, to you, Sir David Melcher.
0: And my wife will say, "Sir Nothing." <laughs> I can't believe you told drama that <laughs> by the Lord, Lord, uh, order of the Mystic Apes or something. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> oh man, how good. Okay, so then, so then,
1: where do you go from there?
0: I mean, so I brand myself this internet guru. Uh, Anderson Consulting Accenture did the merger. They hired me away. I ended up helping to raise $169 million in Silicon Valley when it first started to boom. We had a wireless proxy server company, which was ironic because what we did is transcoded the internet onto WAP phones and Palm Pilots and Dragon phones. So I learned this is where my life changed. I see things differently because I don't have a technology background. Mm -hmm. So as I'm watching technology, all I can think of is sales. Right? I'm a high level, how do you make money off of this stuff? Yeah. Not, can I code this stuff? Yeah. So I see it as three things at that time. Content that's on the internet now, how you access it or meet, uh, the access to it, yeah. You know, which was dial up or now handheld. Yeah. And then finally the medium, there's all these different weird devices. And so I started speaking at Comdex and CES and CTIA about content access and mediums, yeah. which, believe it or not, is still what I live by today. Great ideas, how do you access them, and where do you perpetuate or distribute them? Yep. right. And I talk about it all the time. In yeah. this media world, it's capture the media, amplify it, and perpetuate yeah. it.
1: Is uh, it that same mindset that obviously led you to podcasting and doing all that stuff?
0: Yeah, same mindset, that, which led me to, Samsung hired me as their first CEO of their first phone device, yeah, yeah, their yeah. first smartphone, Yeah. which ironically put my other company out of business because in my mind, this is how my mind works. Yeah. Although I was making a ton of money for this company, raising money, in the back of my mind, I'm like, wait a second, why do you have to transcode the internet? Won't there be just a, a phone someday where you get the internet? Yeah. Instead of tagging it and doing all the hyper yeah. stuff that they did, yeah. um, you know, and it, it was true. That's And so that's how I ended up because I was speaking about it. Samsung had a Windows CE device. Mm-hmm. And I got to meet Bill Gates and Steve Goo and all those great guys, mm-hmm. um, which led to the relationship capital as well of my career, uh-huh. besides the business knowledge. Yeah. Crazy life, right? How do you, yeah. yeah From Akron, yeah, Ohio. Man, I love I it. Said, I was going to just buy a Swenson's. That was my dream. Oh, <laughs>
1: yeah. man. That could have worked. That could have been a happy life.
0: Yeah, yeah. A it's, fat one. It's crazy. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I it's, can't keep
1: my hands off that boot. Oh, my God. Imagine if you owned it. Yeah, you would literally just be four hundred pounds uh, easily in Ohio. Just like easily. man, listen, let me tell you a story. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you. This is what I love about your story too. Is you've been in so many different Forrest Gump.
0: <laughs> yeah, like you've lived so many different I lives. I know. I hate it's telling amazing. the story. Huh? It's like I was screw up.
1: How do you go from How do you go from tech and then and speaking of these
0: things back to like sports and the sports agent? Right. So I. So here's what's interesting. Yeah. I was always a sports customer. Uh so through because i was an executive i'd hire guys for appearances i'd sponsor events right samsung we sponsor the world cup you know i mean so i was always negotiating on the other side with agents yeah and i was always building the relationships with agents and and understanding how it worked but i was always the customer yeah did you
1: feel at that time just quickly did you feel like a detachment from sport like were you like i would like to get back to sports one
0: day i I felt like i bought my way in so i was happy okay right that's the way i always felt I like yeah i always kind of actually felt weird for agents I'm like why are those guys i, I used to be want to be an agent why yeah. these guys love me because i'm paying them yeah it seems like they hate them because they're paying them and even to your old point like it's even a shows how
1: grand the point of entry can be because you can literally be in a totally different industry but be able to book athletes and do those sort of things and you still get to enjoy what you do yeah. you know i what mean, I mean you still have sports
0: yeah still have sports i'm still on the sidelines yeah. you know i'm just buying my way in buying access yeah and here's the you know where the life changes though so now um i'm i'm retired now i, I, I retired because they fired me mm-hmm. and the reason they fired me is we were too successful the, i was too young didn't understand sarbanes oxley didn't understand the business that well mm-hmm. and i would say if they're gonna fire you let them pay you a lot of money to leave yeah. And that's what they did. Yeah. Uh, and so I got involved with all talk about open point of entry. Yeah. I got involved into a networking company, I real estate development, interior construction. I owned a ski mountain, uh, a, a golf course. I I was doing all kinds of, and I was living, you know, Ferraris, poor, like just stupid stuff. And what was
1: the motivation for being so widespread? Do you think you just had this attitude of like,
0: I can do anything, I want to try everything, or yeah? So here here was the problem. I wasn't happy for the first time in my life. I built that big home at the height of your money, at the height of my money, yeah. at the height, Who would height have of thought? my money. And I lied in bed empty, and so I started buying things and trying things and none of it would make me happy because I didn't understand what was going on anymore. I lost, you know, truly the pursuit of my potential. Yep. I was just buying that pursuit. Yeah. And my wife And I told you, my best friend and my wife, the two people I met first in coming from Akron, Ohio, who I still, you know, obviously I was close to my wife, but my best friend I was still close to. I remember distinctly in the morning, I was playing golf with him and I asked him, hey man, how come you don't hang out with me anymore? And he said, I don't like the people you hang out with. And I said to him, oh, I'm gonna choke up, but I said, I'm not like those guys. Yeah, Because they were going to strip clubs, drinking, doing drugs, spending a ton of money on, you know, Hummer limousines in the middle of the week. You might know that scene up here. It's stupid. And he looked me dead in the eye and he said, look, man. He goes, you can lie to me, but don't lie to yourself. And I was like, that was my morning, right? I'm like, shit, well, that night I'm going out to the Grammy party with little John and a Hummer limo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well,
1: listen, I gotta hum... hop in this limo, but we're gonna follow up on Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, I'm gonna go with all those friends Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's why I was saying, I should just sign my uh, my emails hypocritically, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. so bad. <laughs> Drum and Dave show, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, Akron, the Akronites. There you uh, go. So I, I go out that night and come home five thirty in the morning wasted and I see the silhouette of my gorgeous five-foot wife, and I have three daughters at the time. You know, huge, everything I ever wanted. I could buy whatever I wanted, man. I'm talking real money. Whatever I wanted, I could buy. And I came home, and there she was, and you know, first thing out of her mouth was, you are not a rock star. And I'm looking at her, and I'm I'm so lost, and so, such an asshole. In my head, I'm thinking, and I look at her, I'm like, may not be, but I sure feel like one. And I had this arrogance about me that, I had provided this woman everything she ever dreamed of, including this house, which I didn't like, Mm -hmm. right? Everything that made me feel not worthy. I remember distinctly saying to myself, how did I make $10 million last year and my mom made $17,000 working her butt off in two jobs Mm -hmm. and I made this much money jacking around? Mm -hmm. Like literally people kissing my ass Mm -hmm. and I made that much money. Mm -hmm. I felt no worthiness about me. So kicked me upstairs, woke up in the morning, Thinking, am I going to be in trouble or not? Because I'm still in that mindset. Ah, you know. Yeah, yeah, how yeah. could she be on? Literally, she lit me up. You know, the next day after my friend lit me up, she lit me up and said, "I'm not happy." And in my mind, I almost said to her. Now, I was in my mind. Yeah. I almost said, "What the? F- are you talking about? Yeah. You got a nanny living here, Ferrari, Porsche, yeah. you, everything. I take you everywhere. You, you know, your tennis and like in my head and." and Instead, I quietly ate it, and she said, you know what? You better take stock in who you were, that Akron boy. Yeah, yeah. Right? Seriously, yeah. who you were and what you want to become because I'm not going to be with you. Oh. Now, unlike most men, that, like, I always tell people, not joking, my wife gets pissed when I say this. I'm glad that I don't look like my producer Bradley uh-huh. because my wife is the, all right, the highest end of the... Like, I have outkicked my coverage beyond not just the way she looks, yeah. like her body, soul, mind. I adore this woman, yeah. Like, I it's just something that happened, like, it's not an accident. Yeah. My relationship, yeah. And it just was this huge wake up call. She was always spiritual, always telling me I was lost, always trying to help me find my soul, all these wonderful things. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. And I went back and I started outlining the book that I wrote, Connected to Goodness, mm-hmm. about how to take and find your what, which makes your life a possibility. Find that why, it makes it a probability. Yeah. Get out of your way with time and ego and make it your reality with your how. Yeah. And I wrote that outline based on gratitude, empathy, forgiveness, accountability, and effective communication. And from that day on, I started living my life in, in of service. I started praying. I prayed to God that 10 people would come in front of me every day I could help. Yeah. And I started working on a journey, which is then, right then, no more than weeks later, that I met Lee Steinberg by accident. And I became, in 48 hours of meeting him, the COO of the most notable sports agency in the world with my dream job. And then became CEO six months later.
1: And was that the time when you felt like, man, now I have everything I could want?
0: Right, except for one thing. I had created a whole shitstorm behind me in what way so although i started on the right path again yeah i still had created bad causes yep right uh, and so now i'm two years into it i'm c ceo of lee steinberg Yep. you'll, you'll love this one coming from akron this is where coming from akron made my life because it gave me like this foundation of you know what if i grew up with everything in beverly hills yeah i would not have had this fortitude no way so two two years in i'm living my life all the right way i'm being sued uh all my liquidity, I wanna prove that I'm right, yep. right? Making all these mistakes and, from before, and I end up literally going bankrupt. Over a hundred million dollars. Really, from before? From before, from what my actions were before. Now, what, and the reason is most people, how do you lose that much money? Let me just, it's, it's always one simple thing. Yeah. The universe, and I believe in the universe wanted to send me a good lesson. Yeah. But what happened was, I had a lot of equity in a lot of properties. The golf course, the ski mountain, the 33 homes in San Diego. I get into the lawsuit and I think I have tons of equity that I can just go grab. What happens is the economy's going like this, Uh right? 2007, 2008. My properties are failing, but I still have equity. I go and spend all my cash on these lawsuits trying to prove myself right instead of taking accountability and settling them, right? Well, I go to the bank and say, hey, I need some cash, you know, I got, you know, quantities of millions you know give me a couple million yeah and the bank says no you know you got equity but we're not gonna let you borrow we're failing Mm -hmm. and that property is probably gonna go down more and we're not really comfortable with all the properties you own you're too leveraged we're not gonna let you have equity there's we never guaranteed that you can borrow against the equity go find someone else well time goes fast all of a sudden i literally came up with a plan that i need to start over i could have fought things i could have figured i was like you know what I still have equity. Then let them have the properties. Let it all settle out. But I'm going to claim bankruptcy. Yep. Now here's the two things I didn't think about. One, waking up in the morning when, in 2009 when I claim bankruptcy, yeah. and like January of 2009, and realize, oh my gosh, I got to go walk up to my boss Lee Steinberg, yeah. as he has put me for the last two years as the golden child, the Midas touch, the guy's a multimillionaire, right? Yeah, he, and. Warren Moon, who is also a partner there, and tell them, Oh, you know the genius that you hired to run <laughs> yeah. the financial side of this business yeah. and manage it and everything? Uh, I'm bankrupt. Yeah. That so, was terrifying. And you had to
1: do that. You had to have that moment.
0: Oh yeah. And worse though, let me tell you this one. How about waking up and realizing, remember the reason I wanted to be rich? Yeah. Buy my mom a house and a car. Yep. Yeah. I went over to walk over to my mom's house and tell her, not only was I bankrupt, uh-huh, but worse. Uh, I lost your house, and you got to move. Really? Yeah. And so I looked at her. Here's what second moment I talk about my mom and my wife and, and my best friend. My mom looked at me, not a tear in her. I was bawling, not tear in her eyes, and said, "Are you okay?" I was like, "Yeah." yeah. She said, "Can I give you some money?" Oh man. Like not, you know, you lost my house. I have to move. Yeah. It, it was like, and that's when I realized the unconditional love. Yeah. That's where the Akron, Ohio. Like, it was like, if I can look up, I can get up. Yeah. And there was nothing I could do that I couldn't be forgiven for if I could forgive myself. Yeah. And the great thing was, I got my first check. Everything was gone. Furni- furniture, houses, cars, motorhome. Yeah. Which wasn't in good shape because yeah. I screwed that up. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that one I was glad to give back to the bank because yeah. I was yeah. missing yeah. the top I ran it over. Yeah. Uh, but I literally started over and I got my first check from Lee after bankruptcy yeah. and I went to my wife and I wrote a check from it uh, for a scholarship for a kid who went to my high school the way I got a scholarship to college. Yeah. And I asked my wife, is this okay? And she goes, are you sure? I go, yeah, I trust the universe. You know, I'm two years into like changing my life. And yeah. she says to me, you sure? I said, yeah, she said, we, our kids, we have three daughters and I'm pregnant. I go, I don't know. She goes, our daughters aren't in college. Yeah. And you're gonna give this money for some other kid to go to college. I'm like, yeah, are you okay with it? Mm-hmm. She goes. Those kids aren't married. I go, I I understand. Are you okay with it? And she looked at me and she goes, You trust the universe? I go, I implicitly. She goes, then double it. Wow. And I looked at her and I'm like, I don't trust the universe that much. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little bit too far. But for six months, I I stressed over giving that money. I give money every month because I live my life in, in in service of value. I shifted everything and realized God has blessed me with the ability to make money. I cannot, I used to first think things happened to me. Then it was, everything was happening for me, right? I was Midas. Now everything happens through me, which gives everything great purpose, which makes me happy because I'm given this gift. I I now feel comfortable receiving. I'm in receivership. I ask big, I wanna make tons of money so I can let it go through me and build villages and give college scholarships and sponsor baseball teams. That's That was the change in my life. That's such an interesting
1: perspective too because I feel like there's also an issue where a lot of people feel bad making money and they almost block money from themselves mm-hmm. because it feels they've maybe been taught money's bad or only assholes have a bunch of money or whatever. And so a lot of people ask me that and my only way to kind of start to point them is to say every time you make you know, set goals when you make certain amounts of money, do bigger things for the people you love or for someone that needs it or for whatever, because then you can change your relationship and start to really,
0: you know what I mean? Yeah, there's an unconscious competency to money because money's an energy. Yeah. So the unconscious competency is either energetic, right? That we just carry this energy that money's bad yeah. or money's freedom or it's an energy. Yeah. It's not a currency, it's an energy. But two, there's a genetic side to it, right? We have personality traits. Yeah characteristics, addictions, obsessions. And what happens is we don't realize that we can activate and deactivate certain DNA that can cure cancer in us, but it also can really shift our understanding of money. And when you really live in receivership, that things come through you for the benefit of all, you can really, really ask big, but you know it's amazing how many people don't even know what they want they don't feel comfortable receiving mm-hmm. they they it would stress them out if they made their first million yep. 10 million they can't even imagine 100 million yep. even today as i teach this i'm working on expanding my universal understanding and awareness so that i can understand 100 billion dollars yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a void right now for me yeah and there has to be an emotional connection to it for me to truly feel good about it. I'm getting close, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) but I know it's never gonna come to me until I get there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true. And that's the way you view it too, is like if you can't understand, let's just say you're, you know, once again, a young person listen to this, if you can't understand the million dollars, it won't come to you.
0: No, it won't. You have to go through the process of possibility, probability, and perspective. Mm -hmm. Possibility comes from you thinking what you want Right, this under Then becoming inspired, getting clarity, balance, and focus on what you want yeah. brings confidence, which is the halfway marker to inspiration. Yeah. Once you're inspired, your possibility becomes a probability. Yeah. Once it's a probability, there's only one person in your way from it becoming your perspective or your reality. Yeah. You yeah, and that's exactly what you're talking about drama is you are the one that has to see it You have to take time which is a man-made construct yep. out of the way because it creates anxiety shortages voids Obstacles and resistance yep. time is a dumb thing people think they're helping themselves. I got to make a million dollars by the time I'm 30. Yeah, you've screwed yourself. Yeah, you've created resistance yep. What about I want to make double triple quadruple the amount of money I can as fast as I can You've opened up possibilities, inspired yourself with probabilities. Now you got to use strategy, discipline, different effective habits, and most importantly, awareness. Constantly trying to pursue your potential, your higher vibration, your truth, in order to be aware of, because what we have, I I believe there's a collective belief in Akron, Ohio. It's a higher awareness. And so when we're outside of that collective belief, we excel. And I bet you, statistically, if you took the people that left Akron, Ohio, mm-hmm. statistically, on the average of where they're at, they're excelling. Yeah, I meet so many really interesting people from Akron. There's a head of a huge real, like in Orange County, I met this guy, head of a huge real estate firm, international, makes ton, huge, guess where he's from? Yeah. Akron, Ohio. Yeah. LeBron James thing, I'm it sure too. there's a million Yeah.
1: No, <laughs> I'm sure there's a million people listening to this who just, you know, maybe once you start thinking about it from that uh perspective that's how people think about your hometown too right you know, which is fine that's where hometown pride comes from and that's what you know what i mean and i think a lot of times people look at you know to be honest myself included when i lived there um uh, all the negatives right and all the like well nobody from here has ever made it and nobody blah 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 well if i wasn't if i didn't live in you know what i mean yeah and i think um uh, especially the way you talk about it i'm a, i'm proud to be from there you too. proud to be from the same place as lebron james but you just made me feel like oh shit, is there something in the water there
0: right exactly like, do i have a can i fly and be and if you believe it it's true <laughs> yeah you know yeah. i think i i'm a goodwill ambassador to curacao which is a mm-hmm. small island and it's very much like what you're talking about with ohio because in curacao people talk about you know Oh well, the economy's bad, and we're dependent. We're a gateway to all, and, and I hear certain people that have a collective belief that's more on the lazy side of things. Yeah. But I've always known Curacao for baseball, yeah. and for this tiny little island, they've been in the Little League World Series twice and won it once. Yeah. They have uh, Didi Gregorius, Jansen for Lee Jansen. Yeah. They have Azial Base, the Pofter, You know, they have Simmons. Like. For this tiny little island, they have some of the best players in the major leagues, yeah. and it's incredible that and is there something in the water yeah. or is it a collective belief because Hems, Hemsley, you know, was the first baseball player way back when who's now the bench coach for the Giants, yeah. you know, was it that seed that was placed there and yeah. allowed everyone else to believe within that one industry? What if we took on that type of belief with whatever we were doing yeah. that we were going to leave the seeds and the legacy and the inspiration for others to to be able to shift the, once I got you to believe it's true, yeah. I've elevated your own pride. Oh, yeah. Your own I'm gonna awareness. I'm going to get an Akron tattoo after this. <laughs> nah, nice. Yeah, You're you I was already like thinking
1: a, about it, but that just put me over the edge.
0: It's like they stopped selling Brown's gear. It's, it used to be on sale. Now it's normal retail price. They yeah, started God winning. I got
1: jersey here with drama on the back.
0: I love it, man.
1: <laughs> uh, would, and side note too, have you ever read The Talent Code? Yeah. Okay. I just love that book. But I have a similar, I have no research, no numbers, no nothing. I feel the same way about Compton, being that Compton is like the most famous hood in America, I would say, but the amount of successful, crazy, inspiring people from there is like more so, name me any other neighborhood right. with more successful people from it. But it's also known as one of the most dangerous, scary, you know what I mean? It's really, yeah. interesting. I don't know if it's because of proximity to LA or there's Compton Pride or whatever it is, but it's really interesting you know when you when you look at and, places like that when you see it in
0: sports right like why are quarterbacks from that part of eastern Pennsylvania yeah. why are running backs from San Diego from Johnny Rogers on the most Heisman Heisman trophies are from San Diego yeah you know, why is it you know that these areas have different specialties yeah. where, and it's an energy yeah. you know and I believe that that's what makes California so unique to me and um, Oprah had she backed that thing at, at the california adventure yep. in disney and it really struck a chord there's a video that talks about it the energy of california well this was founded by adventurous people uh-huh. right that's why the silicon valley is the silicon valley people came out here looking for gold yeah right it's a different energy you had to have some sort of different disposition to travel all the way across country in yeah. a, a wagon with yeah. indians and everything else animals yeah right that's how it felt coming from akron i felt the same Hopping way
1: on that flight Here we my was really to find brave gold,
0: yeah you know really brave to come out and yeah. and it's it's amazing i'm still amazed too i was in um uh gosh where was i the last oh i was in arizona mm-hmm. and we were talking about california and the person said to me well you got earthquakes and yeah. i'm thinking more people die from the cold yeah every year in new york city yeah and nobody's afraid to live in New York because of the cold yeah. than ever in the history of the world in one year for for earthquakes. <laughs>
1: but earthquakes you know, are fun. You get like a fun little jiggle every now and then. A little roll. I, haven't, I mean, I haven't like in the entire time that i because my family says the same. Yeah. In the entire 12 years I've lived here, there's been one earthquake where I've felt like, oh shit, this is kind of <laughs> right. trippy. You know? like Yeah. I had
0: one in cool. college, the Whittier one there, my TV flew off the, that's good. the shelf. That's, a, that's the real one. Yeah. But, but still yet nothing yeah. else happened. Yeah.
1: Let me ask you this. How did you go? Because, like, you made this massive transition from partying with Little John and Stretch Hummers to, like, so clearly and, like, I don't know. So it's not like you're just on some, like, yeah, you just got to wake up and grind. Like, you have a very clear, very detailed, step-by-step level of understanding about success and fulfilledness and happiness and all that stuff. How because I know that you kind of hit this like rock bottom moment, this bankruptcy, but like, did you start to go on a path of
0: self-improvement
1: and of, you know? That
0: may be the best question anyone's ever asked me because they they haven't hit that. It's a great question. So everything's evolutionary, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't just wake up in the morning with all these great philosophies. Mm -hmm. So what what I did is I did, you know, outline who I was, the acronite. And, and you know, strong, right? That's probably more than Tanzanite or quartz, right? (laughs) Acronite. yeah. strong. Gratitude, empathy, like all this. But then I started learning, right? I went on this huge thing, like everything from how was I gonna maintain money? So I studied Vanderbilt and Rockefeller and I learned about the family bank and how to create a family bank to maintain wealth. Then I also went out and I worked with Empowered Wealth with Lee Brower who ended up to be in the movie The Secret. And then I met all the people from The Secret, right? And I learned that side of it. Then really interesting thing happened to me. Before I went bankrupt, in between the enlightenment, the quantum shift that I that I had, yeah. and this last piece was, I was flying to India, and there's a medical doctor next to me, and she looked at me and she said, "Are you okay?" And it's still at that time, although I was on my journey, but right, you don't just become an instant, you know, uh, humanitarian, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? I was still an asshole. Yeah, I was just living in a asshole different code in, in transition in transi- <laughs> yeah i'm gonna coin that from you, you dave meltzer asshole in transition i'm still transitioning <laughs> you if you go. ask my wife <laughs> she's much more enlightened than me uh-huh. but i was really transitioning yeah. and this lady says you know are you okay i said in my head do you know who the fuck i am yeah of course i'm okay i said she said oh she goes you're so full of light but you're blocking it now at that time i rolled my eyes because i'm like i'm gonna get it like my wife again right uh-huh. this whole Deal the woo woo. I called it go. the woo woo yeah. stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm all, I make stuff happen, you know? Yeah. I'm still on that drive. I haven't lost that drive. Like, yeah. I'm in control. Yeah. But I'm in control, but I live with gratitude, you know? I like, just like when I was young, live with gratitude, empathy, accountability, and effective communication, but I was in control. Yeah. Then she says to me, Do I meditate? And I looked at her straight out and said, Oh my God, no. Yeah. I've made I come from nothing. I come from Akron, Ohio. You probably don't even know where it's from. Yep. And I'm a multi-millionaire.
1: Yeah.
0: I made it all myself. I have a Ferrari, a Porsche. I made it all myself. No one's given me one thing. Yeah. I made. I made it happen. I don't have time to meditate. My wife tells me all the time i need to calm down meditate find my peace and joy and center and i tell her why so i can sit at home high on my mom's couch yeah. and broke put on a like robe all the spiritual people i knew like a, are broken sick yeah. like what do i want yeah. like i get my stuff done yeah she looked at me it was awesome and she goes oh that's too bad because if um you let me teach you to meditate i can teach you to vibrate faster <laughs> like i'm double like What? Like literally, (laughs) I have to hear this now, right? Instead of like pretending to go to sleep. I was like, okay. I go, why would I want to vibrate faster? And she said, because you can only be aware of that which vibrates equal to or less than you. And that kind of got my interest. I said, really? She said, do you know the earth vibrates the slowest? Then plants, animals, humans. Then sound, then light, then thought. She said, do you know what thought vibrates the fastest? And I said, no. She said, the truth. The truth vibrates the fastest. I still get goosebumps. Yeah. Something clicked in my mind, that pursuit of the truth, and that if I would live towards the truth, right? Yeah. If I could vibrate faster, awareness was so important to me. Like I always wondered how guys knew when to buy or sell. Yeah. I'm still in that mindset, right? Yeah. The transitioning <laughs> yeah, asshole. Yeah. I'm like, awareness is good. I can know whether to buy or sell. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a really positive thing. All this work, forget it. Yeah. I know what horse to pick, what lottery numbers. Of course. Awareness. And so something called me and said, you got to learn how to, vi- to meditate. So I stayed in India, I asked my wife. Wow, if you I went stick. the full deal. And I studied theta meditation, uh-huh. quantum healing. Yeah. And that to me was a complete quantum shift in my life. I came home from India. When you talk about how do you get this clarity, it's evolved because I learned to meditate, increase my vibration through theta meditation yeah. and become more aware of who I needed to surround myself with, what ideas and books I needed to read, how to live my life, understanding value and understanding. And I'm constantly now, you know, you know this more than I, right? When you have a great podcast like this, yeah. people thank me all the time. I do speeches and this stuff. And like I did this build your empire thing with Casey. Yeah. And uh, he, 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 it was amazing because they were just thanking me. They're like, you made this whole weekend. Th- this, like all these great compliments and all I can think about is I have just learned so much. Yeah, like, yeah. I should be paying you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Just like this pot, like I learned so much yeah. by interacting with people like you yep. and I'm just so humbled and, and grateful for it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Can I ask you this? So, just so I don't miss it. What was the, what was the follow-up of the, with the 30-year-old dad moment
0: Oh right! You Thank you. you yeah, a, I had the, the Cliffhanger. Pick
1: up from a Cliffhanger. All right,
0: now you're gonna make me cry. <laughs> okay. yeah. So my dad forgets my birthday, uh-huh. punishes me because he's projecting his insecurity that he forgot my birthday and yeah. said, "I don't believe in birthdays," so then I don't get any birthday presents. As a te- you know, as a kid. Yeah. So I go from my dad being a hero to me hating my father. He's the villain. Mm-hmm. Then in my 20s, I start to understand my father. You know, and I'm really my aunt told me at 25 I was already a millionaire. I was like, I can't change my dad, he won't change. I can't get along with him, I don't wanna to talk to him, I don't want anything to do with him. Yeah. And she said, you're not supposed to change your father, you moron. I was like, why? She goes, you're supposed to understand him. Why don't you take all that energy that you wanna change him with mm-hmm. and put it on understanding your father? Yeah. So I started doing that, 30th birthday comes. I'm not an asshole in transition, I'm just an asshole. Uh-huh. And my dad was an asshole. Right, my dad retired at 31, he bought horses, he reined, raced, trained and owned horses at Northfield Park, yep. Harness horses, yep. gambled his ass off, yep. left my mom for still what I call the most beautiful stepmom. Mm-hmm. I've ever seen. It's yeah. a real issue for me. Yeah. <laughs> she was closer to my age than his. Yeah. My wife hates when I talk about this. Uh-huh. When my dad died, I asked for the horse picture, not because I wanted my dad in the winner's circle. <laughs> Getting my drift, I'm a sicko. But I really, if you're out there, I'd love to say hi, Leslie. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so 30 years old uh-huh. and my 30th birthday, it's a big deal to me. And I feel like I'm on top of the world. I'm Midas. Yeah. Everything that I want, I can buy. Beautiful wife. I have my first two children, right? It's, it's amazing life. Yeah. And I get a gift, big box from my dad. I open it up, beautiful sport coat. Beauti- and I put it on, super stoked because it fits perfectly, which means he took the time to call my mom or my wife yeah. and ask what size I, and get this thing, either my sizes, it was custom. Yeah. It was 42 short to the T, you yeah, know? Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. And it brought tears to my eyes. So I call him up, you know, and I'm on the phone. I'm like, dad, thank you so much. I go, and I started to share the story about, I thought you didn't believe in birthdays and this has always been an issue for me and I've been working through it to understand you. And now that I'm a father, I I know how much, you know, and I even told him the story how, I know when I left, that was so hard on you. Like I'm barfing on him, right? And then I kind of look in to see if it was like an Armani or what kind of brand it was. And I look and all the pockets were torn out of my jacket all like personally torn out, not like nice cuts or something. Yeah, yeah. He, my dad just ripped out the pockets. So I'm like, dad, there's no pockets. Did Did you know there's no pockets? He's like, yeah, I tore them out. I'm like, I can't, I can't wear this jacket. He goes, oh, I know. And now I'm pissed. Yeah. I'm hurt again. Yeah. I'm like, of course, now he has to be the big, the big shot. He's gonna tell me something, you know, make a point. And I, he goes, that's not for wearing. I'm like, what do you mean it's not for wearing? He goes, I want you to hang it in your closet. And I want you to look at it every day. I was like, why? He goes, because I don't want you to be the richest man in the cemetery. He goes, you're not taking anything with you, son. Uh-huh. He goes, don't make the mistake that I've made. You're not taking anything with you. And that was the precursor to two years later with my wife telling me I was lost, Yeah. right? And I lived that genetic yeah. and the energetic yeah. inheritance. The legacy that I had been gifted from my father—a blessing—and yeah, yeah. he was getting old enough where he wanted me to learn before it was too late, so that I didn't end up where he did yeah. at 60 years old. Yeah. Although, can I tell my dad's story where he ended up at 60? Because he always had great karma. You'll enjoy this one. stories. This one. So, I have this beautiful stepmom uh-huh. who maybe I have a, an unnatural liking for. <laughs> I like literally and so I'm in law school my last year uh-huh. and I think maybe she just turned 32 who knows I'm 22 my dad's like 60 yeah she just turned 19 right? and everything right, exactly <laughs> well anyway my dad calls me and goes I'm getting divorced I was like what no can I have her number yeah <laughs> no literally I'm thinking what huh yeah uh, I'm like why she cheated on me I'm like "Ah, oh, not with me yeah <laughs> No, literally, I'm like, Dad, uh, that's I literally felt bad for him. Like, I'm um, that's horrible, not unexpected. Yeah, because you know how that works. Yeah, and he goes, Yeah, I came home and she was on the couch with another woman. And in my head, I'm like, Dad, she gave you no the most black there. exactly. <laughs> you have the best karma in the entire world. <laughs> Double down, Dad, please. <laughs> so he's like, No, this is un, you know, he's old, traditional. My dad never drank a thing in his life. He yeah. smoked cigarettes since he was 14, 3 packs a day and yeah. lived on sugar. Yeah. But literally this was completely unacceptable to him. Yeah, and and all I could it. think of was canaver number. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I think you're missing. What something. what did his girlfriend look like? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I was very young. I don't need to be <laughs> too, yeah. too insensitive. Yeah. Uh but it was we talked this is the short story yeah, long, right? That's what we want. to we me want the story. That's the real story. And then
1: they got divorced because of that.
0: Because of that. Wow. I'm still it was one of the most disappointing things my father's ever done yeah
1: what's that he's lost millions he cheated moment? on my Forget mom he's done all the birthday <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: that was all fine but that was just stupid come on Dad. god does not treat everyone that way <laughs> that's true
1: that is true man um so let me ask you this because you've been through all of these different like i mean
0: forrest gump i get it what'd you say forrest gump i'm yeah. akron's well forrest not only
1: gump. that not only have you like had seven different lives as far as careers go, but you've had multiple lives as far as like the pursuit of happiness goes. Yeah. And so my question is now, have, having been through all of that, what makes you the happiest now? You're still really busy. You're still partners with Warren Moon and running a sports agency, living in sports, still have an amazing wife. And now you have four
0: kids. Author, speaker, life coach, business go, coach. So first of all, I don't believe in busy. Yeah. I believe everybody has 24 hours. Yeah. And so I had shifted, I became a student in my calendar. I study my calendar every day for productivity and accessibility. It's yeah. a lens that I lead. Everything I look for, how productive can I be, and how accessible to others am I, and how easily and efficiently and statistically successful am I accessing what I need? Mm-hmm. Information, love, all of these things. And what I decided was that to find definitions in my life. I wanted to find work, I wanted to find family and love, and. Happiness was key. I figured if I could live my life from the time I woke up happy yeah. to the time I went back to sleep happy, yeah. that that's all I needed. Yeah. And so I, my definition came to me in the last few years and it has really changed my life. And the definition of happiness to me is the enjoyment of, the consistent everyday, persistent without quit, pursuit of my potential. Mm-hmm. And I get to choose what my potential is for as a family person as a community member as a world leader as a speaker author tv show podcast all the potential that i have as a friend yeah you know as a father all the imp- i just pick those potentials and i enjoy the pursuit in it yeah and there's no attachment of happiness to the end and that has changed the productivity and accessibility it's changed my attitude towards everything I don't see any struggle in my life anymore it's just unexpected opportunity yeah, yeah. Right? it's like whoa unexpected opportunity and I think I've always seen things as opportunities yeah but the difference was i always felt like oh i need to uh, create a resistance so i can be a hero to overcome it yeah instead now i want as little resistance as possible so i can be more productive and accessible and even live to higher potential a higher vibration a higher truth and inspire others to do the same yeah yeah i love i just connect so much with the like
1: finding happiness in the pursuit of potential. You know, because I'm just so, to me, at least at this point in my life at 31, I've boiled it down to just evolving, yeah. and getting better. That's what makes me happy. It's Same not thing. ever getting the thing. It's not even like, you know, like let's just say there was no, um, I did something good at work, had a big collaboration for the clothing line, and there was a awards ceremony. I wouldn't want to go. You're right. You know how like, you my brother. trophy. Right, you're Woody Allen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never the Academy like, once. I don't wanna like yeah, like I never I
0: understood that till now.
1: Yeah. But, like yeah. I like the pursuit of it. I like just feeling like I got better with some sort of intention, some sort of goal, right? You know? Yeah. Um Can so I just it relate for to one that. Second, so, yeah, yeah, I,
0: that hits me so hard because several things have changed in my life. You know how everyone has those long signatures? You in know, their email, Forbes top ten speaker oh, yeah. and yeah. best selling author and you know top hundred business. I, I listed them all right. Yeah. No, TV show, all, all of it. Yeah. And I started looking at it. And number one change in my life, I changed it to Res Ipsa Loquor, which in Latin means that which speaks for itself. Yeah. Right. I, I just wanted that mood. And then the other day, I had a great poignant moment. Someone, I have a long bio that you know because companies pay for me to speak and they yeah. they want to build. You know, who of they course, paid for right course, yeah um, and usually the joke when they say the real long one is I'll start with the joke in radical humility by going you know what's funny is they announced me at the last speech I did and my mom was sitting in the front row and she leaned over to the guy next to her and said you think that's impressive my other son's a doctor <laughs> yeah. right so I get I get the acronym Good. <laughs> but this person introduced me it was awesome I'm in Vegas and he introduced me Dave Meltzer is the CEO that travels the world helping people yeah and I don't know what it was drama I, I i cried yeah i like for the first time instead of like this you know humility and like resistance to, to please don't list off all the awards and things that i do yeah. it was it hit home i was reaching my potential yeah yeah right like if that's what people that legacy for me if they know hey you know that ceo who used to travel around helping people yeah which is the anomaly of the book i wrote compassionate capitalism yeah. like i am a ceo I like to create abundance and make a ton of money yep. to help people. Yeah, and I want—I'm going to have a ton of fun doing it. You yeah. and I are not boring. That's part of being an acronite as well.
1: So true. I love it. I just—I relate to it a lot, and I think that's obviously on all these podcasts. We both do a lot of other people's podcasts, do our own, do whatever. And the question of happiness always comes up, and so it's something you naturally like always ponder. But for me, I just really connect to it being something to grow towards and feeling like you grew towards it a little bit every day.
0: Yeah. That pursuit.
1: Let me ask you this. Uh, if you could go back in time, back to good old Akron, uh, once again, I want to stress again, like you've explored all of these different things. Is there anything that you would tell yourself, uh, as a kid to take any of the pointless worry and whatever off of that?
0: Yeah. Two words. They still sit on my nightstand, uh, radical humility. Yep like even today people tell me uh, about an anointment about big things ahead for me and you know put that type of pressure yeah and to, to me i just wish somebody would have said hey man you know what just ask for help yeah just ask for help the whole way you know let, leverage let people share with you and, and, and accelerate what the blessings are that you've been given and at a young age i wish Somebody would have just remind me that humility is the power. Yeah. You know, not projecting my insecurity. I wasted so much energy trying to prove myself to everyone else. Yeah. And instead of just being happy with myself. Yeah. And when I truly shifted to be, I'm happy with myself. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I literally I wake up every morning, I hurry to work, I I'll leave here and I'll hurry back to the office. Yeah. And then from there I'm gonna hurry home. Yeah. Just, right, yeah. I'm gonna hurry. Just excited to I'm the, excited, yeah. and, and, and I love who I am. Yeah. I'm not perfect. Right? I, I If I could, I'd put hypocritically still, even though every single thing I talk about, I'm on the pursuit of. Sure. I don't do it 100% of the time. Yep. If anyone thinks I'm walking the streets of Calcutta somehow giving away everything, I am not. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone thinks that I don't get mad at my 17-year-old daughter when she's not home at four in the morning, yep. you know, oh, he's Zen Buddha. Yeah. No, yeah, <laughs> I'm mad Buddha. Yeah. <laughs> you know, It's just how quickly I can go back to Zen Buddha. <laughs> yeah. I am the Judah Buddha, <laughs> mean, mean dad. I'm human, yeah. but I love myself. Yeah, and and the more that I learn I really want to love myself more because I can't give what I don't have and the more I love myself the more I can love you the more I forgive myself the more I forgive you yeah. all the things the more money I have the more I can give to you Yeah, yeah. it all seems right to me
1: Whew. okay last one where do people I'm guessing a lot of people are listening to this and they're like holy shit I want to <laughs> know about the the wanting and the doing and the having what did he say about the you
0: know right on
1: and uh, where do they find more? Where do yeah. they get more, So
0: f- Instagram is my strongest like yours, so yeah. at David Meltzer. Yeah. And I always tell people the easiest way, because I'm on all the platforms, varying degrees of popularity, yeah. uh, but uh, just Google David Meltzer, yep. and I'm blessed to have a really strong SEO. The only other strong Dave Meltzer passed away a couple of years ago, he's a beatnik poet. Yep. Uh, but Dave Meltzer is a famous wrestling guy got it uh, so, so you get confused with david. me if you go if you google david Meltzer you'll find all my stuff dave i share with the wrestling guy yes yeah. so i'm not the see wrestling guy in guy. spandex
1: back out <laughs> back. yeah
0: no he's a reporter but <laughs> okay. he's like 56 good guy i know him uh but yes so at david Meltzer and google david Meltzer. and so they'll be able to find all the books all the everything, everything yeah and the podcast is on itunes and everywhere called the playbook and i have a tv show called elevator pitch that's doing really well with entrepreneur magazine incredible
1: I can't thank you enough, man. I don't. I had a. It was a pleasure being on your pod, and oh, you're, and you're awesome. doing a really good job at just doing a podcast. But I did not expect. I knew obviously from what you've done, and from how fun it was talking to you for 20 minutes that you'd be a great guest. I am completely blown away. This was thank amazing, you. and um, thank you for everything that you do. I
0: look forward to a long relationship, man. We we'll got to go see a Browns game, right? Lots Indians of are out of it. And but Browns. Anything, anytime, man. Yeah, exactly. There it is, brother. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Yes. Yeah. All right, we did it. I hope you liked it. Screenshot your phone. If you haven't screenshot your phone, just screenshot it right now. Just go ahead and give it a little screenshot. Post it in your Instagram story. Post a video of you listening to the podcast. Post a video telling me what your favorite part was. I'm reposting stories all day. So whatever you want me to repost, you post that. Make sure you tag me. Let me know. Give me some feedback. Uh, That's it. I can't thank you guys enough. Like I said in the intro, this thing is growing every week. And I have you to thank because all I do is try to put out good episodes and count on you guys to spread the word, and it's been working really well. So thank you. I'll be back next week.